So has there ever been a year where at the end of the year we needed some good news? I think none so more than this year, at least in my lifetime. Some of you have a little more experienced than I am, so maybe you've seen tougher years and that's okay. Um, but we've had in this year, right, obviously a pandemic. We've had wildfires. We've had um, social injustice and protests and all the things that came with that. We've had a divisive election season. Um, and the image I've seen the most kind of around to help describe what 2020 was is a dumpster fire. Um, that's what I've seen the most. Just everything's just kind of gone crazy. And so as we head into the new year, Let's have some good news and learn how we can have joy even in the midst of the madness. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 this morning. If you want to turn along with us, um, it's page 909 in the Pew Bible this morning. Um, or if you're following along at home, it's in the Version Bible app. Um, you can also do that. So we're going to read verses 8 through 20 together <clears throat> so that we can hear some good news and rejoice this morning. So it says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. And when the angels had left him and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing this, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And so today we're talking about rejoicing of the good news that comes in this moment with the birth of Christ. And so first, we need to hear the good news. That's what we hear with the shepherds. The shepherds were out watching the flocks. They were doing their thing, essentially at work, um, watching sheep, and God breaks into their lives in an instant, just in the same way He can sometimes break into our lives in an instant. Maybe with a word, maybe it's an insight from a sermon that is built on Scripture or from your daily reading of the Bible, you're maybe challenged of, hey, I need to do this better or I need to do more of this or less of this. Or maybe it's a command you hear from God through the word or the prompting of the Spirit. Hey, go say hi to somebody. Go call one of your members that you haven't seen for a while. Love your neighbor. Go forgive this person. Or maybe God break, broke into your life with salvation, right? With the call to salvation of just saying, hey, it's time and your eyes are opened and your ears are ready to listen and to receive the life-changing message of the gospel that Christ died for you. And so your lives are changed in an instant, just like the shepherds. And so the shepherds are out there, then the angel shows up, and we get, we're kind of used to this at this point. We've seen it as we are going through Mark. We've seen it throughout the Advent season 
Um, when the angels show up, the people are terrified. They are afraid. <clears throat> and the angel starts with, don't be afraid. So we see that again here. Then the angel tells them, don't be afraid. I proclaim good news of great joy for all people. First, it's good news, meaning it's news. And the important thing to remember about news is it's already happened. They are reporting what has already happened. This is the same word that is used for the gospel throughout Scripture. The word for good news here and gospel go together. And so, it, scripture is the same way. It's good news. It's the news of the gospel. And the gospel is reporting what has already happened. Jesus has already come. He has already died. He has already risen from the dead. We don't have to wait for it. We don't have to hope for it. We don't have to pray that it happens. It is done. It is finished. All we have to do is believe in what has already been done for us. And so it's good news of great joy. It's not just facts, they're not just reporting the story um, and giving you all the details that happens, but it's, a, it's news that elicits a response, a response of joy. And so it's good news of great joy for all people. It's not just good news for one person, like if you won the lottery, that would be good news for you, but maybe not for everybody else. Right? So it's not like that, but it's good news for everybody, the entire world. It is good news for them. The birth of Jesus is good news for all. No restrictions in any way. All may come to Jesus. All may receive him. All may rejoice when they come to understand and believe in him. So what is this good news that comes and brings joy to all people? Well, that's what they give us next in verse 11. Right Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. So he starts with today, right? meaning right now it has happened today in this very city. And when we see the word today throughout the rest of Scripture, it's most often connected to the dawning of a new era, essentially with the Messiah arriving on the scene and God's plan for salvation being fulfilled um, if you know a little bit about the story of Jesus, you'll know that later on when he grows up, he'll go to the temple. One of the days he reads the scroll of Isaiah that talks about the Messiah coming. And when he is finished, you know what he says? Today, this has been fulfilled. And so when he says today, it's kind of a breaking in of God's redemptive plan into the world. And so today in the city of David... In Bethlehem, we have this line of David connection again repeating itself that the Messiah would be the one who would come from the line of David. And this helps us see that this good news was about a king, the one who would come and rule over creation. And not just a king, but a savior, right? A savior is born. Many of the Israelites expected the Messiah to be a military or a political ruler who would conquer and overthrow oppressive nations and governments. But even the best military or political ruler is only a short-term solution. Their influence, their ideas never quite bring the answers we expect. It always falls short, and it's because our real problem is not military or political or any of those things. It's the problem of sin and death. The brokenness of the world comes from our sinful desires to go our own way, to try to be like God, to determine what is right and what is wrong. And so what we need most is a Savior, 
a savior from misery, from mortality, from sin. We need someone who can come and overcome the pain and penalty of sin and give us life. Who can give us the blessings which meet all of our needs? And we see this clearly just in the name that was given to this child. Remember, Jesus means Yahweh saves, that God saves. He has come to be the Savior. But he is also right the Messiah. And you may have Messiah or you may have Christ in your translation. And these titles mean anointed one or the chosen one. This child who has been born is the chosen one who has been anointed by God. He is authorized and empowered to bring salvation to the nations. But he's even more than that, right? Because it finishes with the Messiah, the Lord. And this title, Lord, so far in the book of Luke, has been used exclusively for God the Father himself. Um, If you count, you'll probably get to around 20. So 20 times already in the first chapter and a half, we've seen the word Lord connected to God the Father. And then all of a sudden, he connects it to this baby who has just been born. This child is more than just an earthly king from the line of David. He is more than a savior. He is more than a chosen one. He is God himself come to earth. And that is the good news that they received. And then they tell them, right, this sign will be from you. You'll know this is true. You'll know this has happened because you'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And I think this, to me, is a little surprising because we don't expect the Savior, the King, God himself to come and to show up in some tiny town that most people had never heard of. They only heard of it because David was from there. That's the only reason they would have known Bethlehem. It's kind of out of the way. He wasn't in the fancy hotel. He was kind of born out of the way in this small thing. It's an unusual place for the divine Messiah to be born. But I think for anybody who has read Scripture or has lived a Christian life for any amount of time knows that God often does things in ways that would surprise us. He doesn't do them in the way that we normally expect He's more creative, more inventive than anything we could ever imagine. So God does this in a surprising way. So we have this announcement of good news, and then we see the responses. First in the angels. In verse 13, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. The angels are there talking to the angel is there talking to the shepherds, then they're joined by a lot, a multitude, most likely of other angels, and they praise God because of his birth, to give him glory because he has brought about the promise of the Messiah. Because the arrival happened according to the prophecies from Scripture. Praise God because the Savior is here. Right In the highest heaven and peace on earth, the good news was all-encompassing. It goes from the heights of heaven down to the earth. Everything will be affected by the birth of Jesus Christ. Not only will the earth be different from this point forward, but heaven will also be different. The doors for salvation has been opened to the nations in an unmistakable way. And the birth of Jesus impacts everyone everywhere. And I think it still does to this day, whether you believe that it's true or not. It is still impacting what happens on this planet. 
And then they say, peace on earth to those he favors or on whom his favor rests. Now, this is a narrower group than we heard before, right? Before it was good news for all people. But here we have peace, not necessarily for everyone, but specifically for those God favors. And so it's not just for everyone, not just for people who do do good things, but for people who are with God. This is just another reminder that those who serve God, who give their lives to Him, get benefits that other people don't. And in this case, it's peace. And this is a very common response. If you've been with someone who recently came to faith or you've talked to them about it, one of the most common things that people will say is, I just feel at peace, right? Peace comes when you are united with God through Christ. And this may sound like it's an exclusive thing. Well, only these people are getting peace, so it sounds exclusive. But remember, we just heard that this is good news for all people, and anyone can come. Anyone can experience this peace. All you have to do is believe. And so the shepherds, the shepherds hear it, and when the angels had left them, in verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off, and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. So the shepherds say, hey, let's go see it. Let's go straight to see it. They hurried to go and see. And I imagine them running through the streets of Bethlehem looking for Mary and Joseph. And this response also is quite different from what we saw last week. Remember we saw Herod who knew enough to connect the dots between the king of the Jews that the Magi were asking about and the Messiah. But he responded with opposition. And the religious leaders who knew this but did nothing. So we have the wise men and the shepherds being the ones who went and sought out Jesus. Now, for us, this may not seem like a big deal. um, But for those who would hear and read this story, the Jews who would first hear this message, it would be essentially a slap in the face to them that Gentiles and outcasts were the first to worship the Messiah. But I I was looking at this. Shouldn't this be the only response to this news? Right? If Jesus is coming to earth and it's good news for all people, if Jesus is truly the Messiah and it's true, the only response is to go. The only response is to go see. The only response is to go believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, the one who can save us from our sins. To go surrender, to give your life to him. He is the only one who can help, who delivers, who can meet all of your needs. So surrender your life, your will, your desires to him. Go and follow him wherever he leads you. He knows what's best for you, even if we don't understand in the moment what he may be doing. But following him is better than following anything else. And go and sacrifice What wouldn't you give for the person who saved your life, who gave their life for yours? What wouldn't you give to see family and friends come to faith in Christ? So we should go and sacrifice. The only response to this news, if it is true, is to go. And so they went and they saw Mary, Joseph, and the baby. And then what? Well, what would you do if you were at work? 
An angel shows up and tells you this incredible news. You go and check it out. It's just like they said. It's definitely true. What would you do next? Well, I think we would all go and tell somebody, right? You would just say, well, I got to tell somebody what just happened. This is exciting. This is, and that's what we see next. They proclaim the good news in verse 17. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So first, you should proclaim this good news to yourself. And here's what I mean by that. We see this in Mary. Right? What does Mary do? She treasured up these things. She stored up these things. She saved them up, kind of like a scrapbook or a keepsake. Right? She remembered these moments. She may not have, even at this point, fully understood what was happening. But she stored them up. She saved them. She knew these moments were special and valuable and to be remembered. And so she's treasured them, but then it also says she meditated on them. Now, meditating, this is more than just remembering. It's like turning something over in your mind to pause, to spend time undistracted and unhurried thinking about that moment. And I think we would actually gain a lot of perspective, even joy, if we did that same thing. If we took the time to remember what God has done and not just say, God helped me, God gave me a job, God helped me break from temptation or addiction but to actually sit there unhurried, undistracted, and remember the situation, and remember the feelings that you had before, and then remember the relief, the peace, the comfort that came when God showed up. I think as we remember that, as we take time to fully remember, to meditate on what God has done in our lives, when we remember those moments it will bring out the, a reminder of the greatness and the mercy of God, which will lead us to joy, to praise Him and to remind ourselves that God is great. He is worth following. He is worthy of our worship. And so when we do that, we're essentially proclaiming the good news to ourselves again, reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done. But we also should want to proclaim that to others which we see very clearly in the shepherds. They saw and they reported, they made known, they spread the word. They became evangelists, proclaiming the good news. And those who heard them were amazed, not meaning that they had believed or not believed, but they wondered, I wonder if the Messiah has really arrived. Could it be? And then they went back to the fields and back to their life, and they praised God. They were glorifying and praising God, both for what they had seen, that God has intervened, that the Messiah was here, that they had heard from an angel, and that this has happened just as they were told. And when they went to see it, remember, it was just like they were told from the angels. So, How do we respond to this? What does this mean for us? Because the call this morning is to rejoice or to be joyful. And when I was thinking about this, at least for me, it made me want to 
um, recover the, the joy, the enthusiasm that I felt when I first became a believer, when I first seriously began following God. There was joy, there was enthusiasm. And I, I don't know why it happens. Maybe I'm doing something wrong, but I think it's pretty common that over time you sort of lose that joy and enthusiasm. Now, I don't think that necessarily means that you love God less than you did before. I don't think that's true, but wouldn't it be great for us to be able to recover that joy and that enthusiasm that we felt in that moment? Or maybe if you're not yet a believer, to wonder, could it be? Could it really be as great as all these people keep talking about? Could the joy and the peace and the comfort and the relief really be true? And so if you aren't yet a believer, I challenge you just to ask that question, could it be true? Could it be as great as what all of these Christians are telling me it could be? And so just to kind of pull all of this together, I think the, the, the way to do that is to ask, how can we have joy? How can we rejoice in this time? Well, one, I think, is to treasure things just like Mary to remember what God has done in our lives. And as that happens, maybe even to write them down, to keep a journal or even a prayer list where you see the prayers that God has answered. Um, for most of us, we're never anywhere without something that we can take notes on because we carry essentially a notepad in our pockets all the time. So when God does something, just create a note and jot it down so that you can come back at the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year and look back at all the things that God has done. And not just read through the list in 10 seconds and say, oh yeah, that was really nice when God did that, but to do what Mary did, to meditate on what God has done. Take the time to remember, to reflect, to let it soak in, and then ask the Spirit to help you remember and to see what God was doing in that moment and how your life was changed because of what God has done. So big or small, let's remember those things. Let's write them down so that we can reflect and praise God. And then to remember what you have seen and heard. What has God done for you? And my hope is, and I... I have no scriptural evidence to back this up, so this is just my hope that when we get to heaven, some of what we do is we just sit around and we tell those stories. We tell the stories of what God did in our lives, of how he intervened, of how he did the miraculous, of how he saved us and rescued us and provided for us and gave us hope. And so I think my challenge is, let's just get a head start. right? Let's just tell those stories now to each other to encourage one another to lift one another up, because I think the more we hear about what God has done in the lives of other people, the more we are enthusiastic about it, the more joyful we are, the more we want to tell other people, because we can clearly see that God is working. And then to remember what you have seen as heard is exactly like what you were told. God comes through on his promises. He is faithful. He can be trusted. Over and over and over again, the promises that we see in Scripture are fulfilled. Right? With salvation, those who are faithful to confess His name will be saved. You will be saved. You can trust in that. And His promises to care for you and to provide for you and to comfort you all come true again and again and again. 
So remember that everything is exactly like you were told. God's not just making it up as he goes. He has a plan. He is working his plan. And as we follow him, we can see clearly what he is doing. And so this morning, we rejoice because Christ has come. The baby was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, and that moment broke into the world, and it changed everything, right? It changed our lives. We would not be here in this room if that had not happened. So let us glorify God in all things, remembering what He has done and what He has promised us. You guys, pray with me this morning. God, we come before you and we thank you. We praise you for what you have done. We praise you for sending your son to the earth, not just to be a great story or to be an example, but to be more than that, to be the king and ruler over creation, to be the savior, the one who could rescue us from our real problem of of sin and the penalties of sin and death and the pain and suffering that comes with that, that you can rescue us as we believe in you, that this little baby would become the one who would give his life later. He would sacrifice for us in our place so that we could have life, that as we believe in him, we trust in him, we give our lives over to him, that we could also be rescued, we could be redeemed, we could be renewed. So God, I pray that we would remember that, that we would take time, even just in this next week, to look back at this year, even in the midst of the the madness that we may have felt or the, the loneliness or the depression or the anxiety, that we can see that you are still working. Let us take time just to reflect on those, to sit in those, to, to meditate on those, to remember how you intervened and what you did and how that changed. Maybe just the feelings we had at that moment, but that led to greater appreciation and understanding of your grace and your mercy and your power. How no matter what's happening in our lives, no matter what's happening in the moment, that you are there. You are walking with us. You are providing with us. God, I pray that you will help us to see those things. And when we do, that we would give you all the glory to know that it's your strength, it's your power, it's your salvation that gives us life. Help us to seek you and remember all that you have done. In your name I pray, amen.